glory to God in the highest. Amen? Amen. Amen. Next to you, I'm so glad you're here today. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to get excited today, if you don't mind. Is that all right? Right? Yeah, I've got a good message, so I'm excited to give it to you. And we're going to talk about preparing for the new year. We can't just walk into a new year the same way we were before. We have to change. You know, when I got married with my wife, I thought I was living a pretty good life. But she said, no, <laughs> some things have got to change around here, okay? She looked at my furniture and said, that's got to change, okay? <laughs> but those are my beautiful you know, pieces of furniture out the door. And then, then my wardrobe, that was gone, you know. I had a very comfortable little flannel shirt that had a little hole in it. And she said, let me look at that. And she just ripped it right off. And so that was gone. And so I'm a whole new brand new man moving into a new life. And we're going to move into a new life in a new year. Amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together. We thank you that as we... Uh, embark upon a new year, we're asking for you to change us, for you to uh, rejuvenate us in your spirit and in your love. We thank you for it. We ask you that my words go forth with clarity and purpose and that people will receive it and be able to make the changes you want them to make. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So I, I pray that today's message will bring closure to last year where we've been, and an expectation of where we're going to go in the new year. Can you agree with me on that? Now, the, the number one of the number one uh, you know, New Year's goals this year with the people is be more health conscious, be more spiritually conscious. It used to be lose weight, but you know, people gave it up on that. So they said, they said let's, let's be more spiritually minded, praise God. And, and so we want to close this message of year taking and thinking about preparing for the new year. Now, if you remember in Sunday school, if you passed it, it was like when the children of Israel were going to go into the promised land, and they were going to have a new day, a new season, a new life, and a new walk in the Lord, and God wanted to prepare them so that they would have a, a new life in them before they went in. It's like when I married Mary Ann, I had to have a new life a new way. I'm not, I couldn't be just single Chuck anymore. I had to be married Chuck. So anyway, that's <laughs> what we have to do. And God said, if you want to go into the promised land, I got some things to change in you. Praise God. People say, well, I just, the, the Lord loves me the way I am. Yeah, he does, but he doesn't want you to stay that way. He loves you enough that he wants to bring you into a new place. So we have four things. You ready? Four things to look at that will help you get into the new year. Now, before we go into those four points, let me do a recap. Uh, you know, if you've been to Sunday school, or if you even saw the Ten Commandments, or if you've seen the Prince of Egypt, you know that the children of Egypt were in bondage. Children of Israel in Egypt were in bondage for how many years? Over 400 years. And they cried out to God for deliverance. And God heard their prayer, and he delivered them. You know that God hears your prayer, too, when you call upon him? From a, from a deepness in your heart, you cry out to the Lord, and he'll hear you. I don't mean like a boo-hoo cry. I mean like a heartfelt, down deep cry. God, I need your help. He hears that cry. Amen? And sometimes you have to get so desperate that that cry has to come from deep down within. And I've seen God you know, handle it and minister to me because of that. So God used a guy, 
a man named Moses, with one message. He said, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh that I said, let my people go so that they can worship me. And so there was 10 plagues. There were signs, wonders, and miracles. And finally, Pharaoh decides to let his people go. But it was, he went back and forth. He said, oh, let him go. No, 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 don't let him go. Oh, okay, let him go. No, don't let him go. <laughs> and see, Solomon wrote about that in Proverbs 21.1. He said, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it with us wherever you will. So I've used that in prayer many times when people had situations where they needed some hierarchy to make a decision or make a judgment or ruling in their behalf. And I said, let's pray that God would change the people's heart, the ruler's heart. And nine times out of ten, it came to pass. Amazing circumstances. and, And God changed that person's heart. And so I told the pastor that was, I was assistant pastor at the church, I told the pastor, I said, you know, this, this, this scripture really works, this Proverbs 21.1. You know what he told me? They all really work if you really apply them, amen? So the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Now, that's a, that's a nugget. I'm not hearing many amens, but you know what? If you use that, you'll see some, your life change, people that are ruling over you, people that have to make judgments over you. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And he turns it wherever he will. So if you're on God's side, he'll turn a ruler's heart. I've seen it in, in court cases. I've seen it in real estate. I've seen it in all kinds of situations. Amen? So now Mo- Moses leads them out uh, of, uh, of Egypt. And he goes to the Red Sea. And they hear the chariots coming behind him. You, you ever hear like, like dangers coming your way? <laughs> And you don't know how to get out of it. Well, God did this. He opened up the Red Sea, put an HOV lane, and they went right through. And the, the, the Egyptians tried to follow, and guess what? They got swallowed up. God told Moses, he says, the people that you see here, the Egyptians, you're not going to see them anymore. The enemies that you're facing, let's bring it to our, you're not going to see them anymore. God's going to swallow them up. Amen. Praise God. I got some personal stories, but I can't really say it on the air here. But uh, God knows how to stop people's, the, the, the threat of the enemy, the voice of the enemy. He says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And, and he says, every tongue that comes against you shall be uh, stifled. Isn't that good news? You're protected in God. You're covered by God. He, he's watching over you. You can't touch his anointed. Amen. That's us. Amen. We're his children. You know, your father wouldn't let anybody come and beat you up. You know, he was, he, he'd, take, he'd come and say, you know, you, that's my son, that's my daughter. Leave them alone, praise God. So, so God provided in the wilderness for them. When they were hungry, they got food. They were thirsty. He, he brought water out of a rock. There were serpents. There were scorpions. He protected them from that. The Bible says that their shoes never wore out. Isn't that good news? I'd like to have that for my shoes, that they would never wear out. Amen. I looked at some of my shoes. I said, wait, wait a minute. There's just some holes starting to happen here. Yeah. And, and, but I, your clothes, you know, never wear out. All these things can happen. And so God promised them a land full of milk and honey. So they went in. They didn't trust them. They said, let's send some spies out there to see if it's really true. So they sent the spies out and they came back and they said, well, you know, there are, it is a land of milk and honey, but there's giants in the land. And we look like grasshoppers in their sight. And guess what? God was frustrated and furious with them because of their unbelief. That's what he doesn't like, unbelief. Not trusting, not believing in him. Are any of you in that category? Well, we're going to keep going and find out. But he was <laughs> upset with them. He was, 
I mean, furious. It's so furious, what did he do? He said, y'all, y'all that were doubting me, he said, you're not getting in. You can wander around for 40 years around this mountain, and then when your sons and daughters get old enough, I'm going to send them in. Do you feel like you've been wandering around a little bit too much, going around the mountain? seems like, it's, like I'm, I'm going around the same spot. God says, I want to take you to a new place, a, a new vision, a new world in him. Amen? If you don't doubt. So God then brings up Joshua. And God says to Joshua the same thing he says to us. As I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. Amen. Now, how was he with Moses? He talked to him like a friend, face to face. He did many mighty miracles in his behalf. God wants to do that with you, but you got to get close to him. Amen. You got to go and see his glory. So God did exactly what he was, uh, said he was going to do. So we want to have a new chapter in our life, a new season, a new fulfillment, and we want to get into, into a position of readiness. So are you ready for the four uh, points that we need to consider for this upcoming year? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Praise God. All right. Thank you. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you the four right off the bat, and then we're going to talk about them, okay? Kind of like a spoiler, but here's the four right here. First, let the Lord heal you from your hurts. Can't go into the new land without with your past hurts. Learn to cut out some things. Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody excited about that, right? No, just leave me the way I am. I just want to, you know, I want some easy discipleship. I want some convenient Christianity. I want just, just, I, I just want to be cool. No, 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 no. Can't do that. Have confidence in God. And finally, praise him ahead of time before you see the results. You know, most of us know that principle, but a lot of us don't. I was talking to one lady, and I was trying to tell her, you know, about believing God. And she's been a Christian for 20, 30 years. And she finally got it. She goes, oh, you mean if I already have asked him for it, and I believe that I receive it, I should just thank him for it. I go, yes. <laughs> that's it. Now, that's hard to do because you can't see it. It's not tangible. But the Bible says faith is the confidence of things not seen. Amen? The assurance of things that are going to come to pass. Amen? So let the Lord heal you. Now, you can't move forward until you've been healed from your hurts. Anybody been hurt this year? Anybody have any problems? Anybody? People have died that you didn't want to die. People have disappointed you. People have, uh, you've been discouraged. You've been believing God. It didn't work out. People have said bad things about you. Amen. Anybody? Any, any family members say, th like Christmas season, you know, they say stuff and you go like, what? Why do you have to say that? <laughs> so, so we have to allow uh, God to heal us. Now, no counseling, no seminar, no best-selling book can heal you the way God heals you. Amen. Now, now the Bible says in Psalms 147, verses 2 and 3, the Lord builds up Jerusalem he gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. You know, quit pretending like you're okay. Pretend, quit pretending like you're, you're, you're not hurt. People have hurt you. You have to go to the God and get delivered and get healed. Praise God. He binds up their wounds. Now, I had a, I had a friend that came to me the other day. Actually, I, I knew him in children's church way back when, 20, 25 years ago. And, and he came to me. His mom sent me. He said, then him said, now, if you want to get healed, go to Pastor Chuck, and he'll talk to you, and he'll encourage you, and he'll get you on the right path. 
So he came in, and I told him, you know, your past is your past. Forget about it. Amen. God has forgotten it. He's going to get you to the place that he wants you to go. And, and I showed him the love scripture, how you can handle every situation because God is with you. You know, people that offend you, situations that are not, you know, pleasing to you, God will give you peace in that. And then I, those are all good things to say. But then I said, well, let me pray for you. And I prayed for him, and the Lord touched him, and the Lord ministered to him. The Spirit of the Lord touched me. He says, I've never felt this before. I never had this so much peace. I never had so much confidence that I knew, know everything's going to be all right. Amen? God does that. Go to God to get healed. Now, let's see here. You ever make mistakes? Let me see the next slide. You ever, oh my gosh, why did I do that? You ever been there like, oh man, why did I do that again? God will help you. He'll help you get through it. Praise the Lord. It, it, you have to control your anger, or guess what? Your anger will control you. You have to deal with your hurt, or your hurt will minister to you and minister to others. It, it, you'll be mad at people, and you don't even know why you're mad at them. You ever feel that rising up like you're mad at somebody instead of just being calm, being peaceful? Praise God. So if you're going to carry on with the, the old way, you'll miss the blessing and the glory of God that he has for the new year. So now, the second thing is, Cut out some things out of your life that are not pleasing, that are separating you from having fellowship with the Lord. Sometimes it's just not very uh, harmful uh, in the natural. Paul said, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient. In other words, you can watch TV if you want, but too much TV is not going to be good for you. You can watch a ball game, but, you know, too much ball games. You can play on the Internet, but too much Internet is going to separate you. But I found out that God is a jealous God. And when you separate yourself and say, you know what, Lord, I could do this, but I want to spend time with you. Oh, does that make him happy? Oh, he wants the fellowship with you. That's why you, we were created, not to be distracted by the things of the world, but to separate ourselves and say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, my wife's that way when I'm fooling around with the, on, the, on my iPhone. She goes, hello, I'm in the room here. <laughs> Can you notice me? Can you see me? Can you talk to me? <laughs> Amen. So that, that's what God wants. He said, I'm here. Can you talk to me? Can you be with me? I want to spend time with you. Praise God. But see, none of us want to cut out things in our life that we have, we're so accustomed to. Amen. It, it, it's hard to, but you have to, right? Uh, but we, we like the, the, the good old pleasing scriptures, like when praises go up, blessings come down, right? God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. We like the convenient Christianity. We like the easy discipleship. We, we don't want to go through the pain of having things cut out of our life, our bitterness, our anger, our unforgiveness. You got to cut that out. You got to get operated on by the Lord and say, okay, let me help you with that. Let me, let me extract that from you so that you can have peace in all that you're doing. Because if you don't, you're going to infect somebody else, right? So this is the same the thing that we have to do is to cut out some things that you don't need. Extra baggage, I call it. Praise God. You can't go to you know, the new place with all this excess baggage. I, I remember when my wife was going with her family to Taiwan. They were taking care of some family business, and she had all this uh, baggage. They were only going for three or four days, and she had three bags. And so her sister-in-law said, what are you doing? We're just going for three or four days. 
And, and so she, they, they had a hotel room, so they went to the hotel room. He said, let me see what you're taking here. And my wife had extra clothes, because you never know, you know what you're going to wear. You need colors for everything. She, she had extra uh, videos, because, you know, doesn't know which one she's going to watch. She's had books. She had a hair dryer. She said, you don't need this. You don't need this. You don't need this. And she got it down to one bag. Some of us are carrying too much luggage with us. Amen. Too much baggage. We have to cut it apart. We can't be worrying about who won the football game. We can't worry about who won, uh, you know, if the Lakers are winning or not. Forget about it, okay? <laughs> There's something more important. I told my son, I go, sports, uh, excuse me, Don, but <laughs> sports is just a distraction. It's just for people that don't have uh, nothing else to do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, 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 and, and the, 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 the um, sports page is kind of just like men's gossip column. Well, so-and-so did this, or so-and-so said that, so-and-so scored so many touchdowns, blah, 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 blah. You know, I used to be a part of that, but I said, you know what, I need to stop that because it, it's not productive. You know, my, 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 my thing cut out is the Dodger game. You know, the Dodger game is three hours long. And so we watch the Dodger game, but, you know, after the end of it all, what, what have you gained? Nothing, really. And if they lose, you've really lost three hours. <laughs> But how much greater is it to spend three hours with the Lord? Oh, man, his riches and glory, and that'll carry you for as long as you want to go. So the third thing is we have to be confident of his provision, his protection, and his care. We have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. In 1 John first, uh, chapter 5, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his word, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Isn't that good news? If you pray the word of God, God hears you, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, it's not right away all the time, but it does happen. And so what the Bible says in Hebrews 10.35, it says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. Now, God doesn't exaggerate, does he? Does, he doesn't lie. If he says there's going to be a great reward, you have to hold on, hold fast to it. Don't give up. You know, we were at a, at a community center for 12 years. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. 12 years, every Sunday, 52 weeks out of the year. Into, and, and people ask me, Pastor, uh, are we ever going to get a church? I go, yeah, I, I believe so. I believe the Lord has put that in my heart. And so for 12 years, but the Bible says that if you want to do something, be faithful. Be confident that he's going to do it. I could have given up a long time ago. We would never be here in this nice, cozy, comfortable place where we can call home. But God rewarded us according to, his, um, according to my faithfulness, praise God. And so some people will say, well, you know, I've been praying for my healing and it doesn't seem like I got it. I've been praying for this. It doesn't seem like it's working and, but God has a, pro, has a promise for me in his word. Now, let me ask you, some people will say it like this. Well, you just never know what the Lord's going to do. You never know if you're going to get healed or not. You just never, never know. Is that a good testimony from the Lord? Is he like scatterbrained or something? Is he like, you know, one day he's on, one day he's off. Well, hopefully he's in a good mood today. No, right? <laughs> And that's not even a good testimony to us, right? He said, I'll be there at 10 o'clock, Pastor. 
Well, he said it, but you never know if he's going to make it or not. You know, he's kind of fickle. God's not fickle. If he said it, will he not do it? If he promised it, will he surely not bring it to pass? Amen? We have to have confidence in the Lord. And see, what God did in the, in the, uh, uh, in the, before they got into the promised land, we're in the wilderness, he gave them what they call manna. Ever heard of that manna? The definition of manna is, what is it? They didn't know what to call it. What is it? So God does things, and you don't know how he's doing it. It's like, how'd that happen? You ever been there where you, you believe God for something, and then he manifested in a certain way, and you go like, oh, what is it? How did that happen? God knows how to work it out for our good. You know, my son was in a, uh, he hydroplaned in his car the other day, last week. And uh, so I get, he calls me up, he says, hey, Dad, um, I know you're my hero. <laughs> Can you come and pick me up? I'm on this side of the road. I hydroplaned off. I go, okay. So I went down there, and he's in a ditch. I'm going like, how did you get here? He said, well, I was just turning a little bit, and I hydroplaned, and I went off the road, and shoop. And so I, the, even the, uh, the highway patrol says, how did you get down there? And even AAA was like, we're not going down there. You have to call for two tow trucks to come and, and, and pull them out. But now here's the miracle part about it. Of course, he didn't get hurt. But the miracle part about it, it was on the 10 freeway, and for miles, there's a, a brick wall. You know, those sound barriers? High brick wall, solid brick wall for miles. Then there's like a break for 200 yards, and then there's another brick wall for, two, for a couple miles. In that little space, there's no guardrail. or any, That's the only place he could have hydroplaned off and landed in some weeds and had a soft landing. So God was protecting him. Amen? So, but he's not here today because he has an ear infection, but that had nothing to do with uh, the accident. But I looked at it, I go like, I thought he'd be just on the side of the road, you know, and he's like, I go, how did you get down there? You know, you had to climb up through the weeds and the mud to get to him. I go, oh my gosh. But you have to believe that God is with us. Confident. You know, I, I don't worry about him. I know God has got him in his hands. Praise God. So the last thing, do we have a scripture? Oh yeah, be confident. Look at that little girl. She's confident, isn't she? I know the Lord is on my side. That's the way we have to do it. When we leave church today, just go, I got the Lord on my side, amen? I'm cutting out some things. I'm healed of all my hurts and all my pains, and I got the Lord on my side. So the last thing is, in 2 Chronicles 20, 21, we don't have it all there, I'll read it to you. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. This is Jehoshaphat when he's going to go to battle. And he, he, uh, he commissioned, appointed those who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. So where was the, the praisers? In front of the army. Why? Because they believed that God was going to deliver them before it happened. So next time we go to battle, we're going to send Ron and Rosh and Michael out in front of everybody, in front of the, the guns and the artillery and the tanks. And you go, you go praise, and you say how good God is. Amen? And then we'll see if you come back alive. No. <laughs> so when he went to, to fight the battle, before they even fought one, they said what? Praise the Lord for his mercy. How many of you believe him for his mercy? His mercy 
endures forever. I'm so glad that he gives us mercy. I'm so glad that we're not have to rely on our own works or our own uh, talents. He's merciful to us. But the mighty God will do that for us. So when we go into the new year, let's look at those four things again. Let the Lord heal you from your hurts. Amen. Anybody need healing from your hurts today? Let's just take a moment and let the Lord heal you as only he can. Amen. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing us. I thank you, Lord, that the past is the past. What people have said, what people have done, the heartache, the disappointments, the discouragements, Father, we give them to you. We say thank you, Lord, that we wash them clean from our mind, from our memory. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're healing us. According to your word, Psalms 147, verse 3, that you heal the brokenhearted. Thank you for your healing virtue flowing through us right now. In Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For you are our Lord. You're our God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Let him cleanse you. Let him cleanse you completely in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I remember one time when I went to the altar to get prayed for, the Lord touched me, and I could feel his spirit running up and down my, my spirit, my soul, my body, healing me of all the hurts that I had had. So I ask him to do that for you right now. People that have said bad things for you, family members, people that you trusted, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, how good you are, Lord God. How good you are. How about how great you are? 